She's on the money. She's on the money. <laughs> Hello and welcome to She's on the Money, the podcast for millennials who want financial freedom. Today we are having a chat with... Hey everyone, my name is Dara Hayes. You may know me as DJ Tiger Lily. I'm a DJ, a producer and an influencer from Sydney, Australia. And this is my Money Diary. And let me tell you, for those of you who don't know Dara, she is an absolute legend and a boss in her own right. People still think I can't DJ or write music because I'm a hot chick. And I'm like, come to one of my shows and stand next to me and watch me play because I'm a great DJ. It's quite frustrating because it means that like, I don't know, there's something about society. You can't be a good looking, confident woman and like be intelligent or have an opinion or be really, really, really good at your craft. Like it's very frustrating. And as always on our Money Diaries, Ryan John, you are also here in the background. Hello. So let's get into the chat because to be honest, this was one of my favorite chats I've ever had about money with someone of influence. Let's jump straight into the structured questions. Yes. And you don't get any special treatment here. You get all of the same questions all our money diarists do. And the first question is, can you please describe your relationship with money? I love this question so much. It's so interesting. I have a really healthy relationship with money and have for the last 10 years, I think. It's been quite a work in progress, though. Um, My parents are definitely super middle class. They both have good jobs, um, but, you know, nothing crazy. And they've always really implemented for me and my sisters to save and to not be frivolous with our money. So coming into adulthood, I was always a little bit nervous to spend money and always had a little bit of guilt around spending money on nice things. And I've definitely tried to work through that in the last couple of like the last 10 years. Um, And I feel like I've got to a really good point now where I feel comfortable with saving money, but also confident with spending money, um, which is a really nice place to be at. And, you know, just knowing what makes me feel good and what is also smart to spend my money on and kind of combining the two of them. But it's definitely been a work in progress um, and it's crazy to see how many even just small things or comments or you know situations from childhood can affect your money story massively um, and it's also been interesting uh, being with my partner for the last five years and combining our money stories together and working as a team coming from you know totally different families it's been fun and exciting to like you know be able to relate to other people and that's definitely helped me um, a lot, I think, with my relationship with money as well. I love that. So to ask a silly question, what do you do for work and life? I'm a DJ. That's my, ooh, that was my main form of income until about 12 months ago. So the bulk of my income was from live performances. Um, and then 12 months ago, that obviously like stopped completely, completely which was oh my God, so nerve wracking. I had probably like six months worth of shows lined up oh my and gosh they, and they were all cancelled yeah all postponed yeah, you know okay. how, like how long yes. between <laughs> you, you thinking oh i might have to make some changes to full stop it's over like 24 hours just like that six so, months of income plans even schedules maybe travel, even more done. yeah like i had like new year's eve booked in and stuff like that and wow. this was in march 
But the day that was like the real pivotal moment, I actually flew down to Melbourne to play the Grand Prix and I'd brought a massive crew with me. I'd brought a saxophonist, a bongo drummer, um, a photographer. That would have been so <laughs> fun too. <laughs> also, that's such a casual thing for you to say. Oh, just hanging out with a couple of bongo drummers driving. Down. I have no creative license. So all of this is just so cool to me. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about money. And you're like, so we've got a saxophonist. And I'm like, what? You can get that? So what? You, you can get that. You bring the whole crew down. Yeah. And play like a live set. It's they're both so epic um like i'll just be djing and they'll totally ad lib on my whole set which oh is my gosh so it, fun yeah. all right so, just, but did you get to do that show well so we landed at melbourne airport like i said to my partner in that like that morning i was like god i don't know what's going on there's all this stuff coming into my phone text messages and calls and news stories and i was like what are we gonna do got on the plane I was thinking look it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine and I think then, all of us said that to ourselves at the start right we yeah. were all like it's gonna be two weeks yeah right maybe a month at the longest and then we landed in Melbourne and I got a call from my agent and he's like walk back upstairs and book the first flight home for all of you because nothing is happening and I was like oh my god so we grabbed our bags and walked straight upstairs to Qantas and like booked the next flight home and that day like literally everything got Canned. Yeah, I remember that day so clearly. I was the opposite. I was in Melbourne and I was calling my manager because I was flying to Sydney to host an event. And I said, I don't want to get on this flight because I know the event's not going to happen. And he's like, trust me, it's on. Fine. I get on the plane and I land, phone beeps, go home. Oh, my God, what? <laughs> yeah. That's mental. Yeah, it's it's pretty gnarly when, like, you know, you're just the, the whole movement of getting ready to perform yeah. or, you know, be host an event. And it's just like stopped. But did you think, oh, next weekend then? Or did you know right away this could be? Because I guess we thought, oh, yeah, two weeks, mm. you know, then we're back. I was like quite aware that it was pretty bad because we traveled to America the month before to do some work with tourism, like Brand USA. Yep. Um, and me and my photographer were like masking and like hand sanitizing the whole time. And everyone over there was just like, what are you doing? You're crazy. And so I was like, Turns okay. out you and the Jokes on you. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jokes on you, America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was thinking, you know, it was probably pretty bad. I was quite nervous and anxious at that point about the whole thing. So I was thinking it was going to be a couple of months. Everyone around me was like, no, it'll be fine. You'll be back by September. I was like, mm. And then like a week later, I was like, mm. And then like yeah. a month later, I was like, told you I wouldn't be back by September. Like oh, no. 12 months later, we're finally kind of back sort of covid normal is what they're calling it now god all these terms yawn it is true i have replaced a question here and i'm gonna ask you have you ever asked for a pay rise if so how Mm, i have definitely asked for multiple pay rises obviously it's really non-traditional in this industry it's not like i have one boss who i oh, of course look up to um so i doesn't work- make it any less nerve-wracking to say hey i actually think i'm worth more money than what you're currently offering right yeah. <laughs> so i work quite closely with my agent which is kind of nice because i have someone to kind of keep me leveled or back me up if we want to ask for more money and every 12 months we kind of have a meeting and we say okay what are we charging what does it look like what value are we bringing and you know I do remember some years I've gone in and said I think I'm worth more and he's like "Mm, well this these numbers haven't changed these streams haven't changed I think we keep it as is and I'm like feeling a bit deflated but thanks though yeah but then other years he's like absolutely you know this and this has changed this has gone up you know you're bringing so much more value to the clubs at the moment and so can they measure the clubs go 
when DJ Tiger Lily's in, we get 10% more people, you know. Mm, they- yeah, they'll, they'll measure like a bar spend, people coming through the door, people pre-signing up to guest oh my list gosh. stuff. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they can, and like That's they can cool. measure bar spend at times as well. So like if people are coming in early and spending or if like they're coming in late, they can measure so many different things, clicks on links, follow throughs, like and all so that And so then kind of is stuff. that where you get your power to say, hey, as you know, when I'm on, you know, drinks are selling, people are booking in advance, that's what you guys like. So Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And the more you have good examples of you coming in and like selling a heap of tickets or breaking records for whether it's, you know, bar spend or I don't know, at the moment, it's like pre-registering um, for events and stuff yeah. like that. So all that kind of stuff really, really helps. And, yeah, so I have had to ask for like, you know, pay rises in that sense. Um, but it is really good having someone who has been able to kind of support and or, you know, navigate it with me. Um, it's great having that buffer. I like that because I think that that's also something that a lot of people don't have. And even if it's not an agent, which, you know, I don't have an agent. You guys were talking about your managers. And I'm like, I reply to my own emails. Jokes uh, on you guys. Uh, excuse not me. anymore. Jess but- is sitting on her laptop replying <laughs> okay. to your emails right now. With so you laptop. watch your mouth. Okay. That is a very good point. But I definitely don't have a manager that works in the same capacity and I think that it's really important to remember even if you don't have a manager or an agent even having a friend to bounce back off and be like hey well this is the value I think I bring to the table and then even sometimes being that friend for other people and being like hey like you said that you you know wanted a pay rise but like what else are you bringing to the table this year that you weren't last year I think can help you have that conversation we did an episode on pay rises and it's like you've read the bible on that because Lots of people would go in and say, I want more money because I'm buying a car and I'm thinking of getting a mortgage and stuff. But you go in and say, here's what you get out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're sort of saying, and it's the same when you talk to a boss for a pay rise. Since I've been working here, I'm doing this well. I'm hitting my targets. I'm bringing in the business this much. And that's why I think I should be worth a little bit more instead of being like, more money, please. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. You have yeah. to show them all the value that you're bringing, being like, I'm doing this and this now. I'm doing A, B and C more than I was when I started. What would you do without me? Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, but you, should, yeah, you exactly. should be everyone who's listening's agent on their behalf. <laughs> DJ, DJ Tiger Lily will be negotiating on my behalf. Thank I'll you. invite you in. <laughs> I'll invite you in for that. And also one day when I luckily get married, I'll be like, who's the saxophonist? I want one of those. And the bongo drummer. Don't forget the bongo. I need a DJ, a bongo yep. drummer. I need a saxophonist. <laughs> like, I'm having a party. <laughs> Random. Obviously, the pricing would be more than the regular one. But do you get invited still to do weddings and private shows and stuff like oh, that, that still? Is that a thing? Is that still I would a thing in your you'd world? just say no. Yeah, I just say no. Um, I do get asked to but do But is there it. a few like random millionaires that'll go, hey, look, we're on the Sydney Harbour and we're ready, we're willing to pay? Well, I don't know. If there are, hit me up. My email <laughs> is in my Instagram. I will give you a cheap rate. Cheap rate for the millionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. You know what? Actually, I have been hit up two years in a row to go to Monaco and play on like millionaires boats what are you doing saying no to this why are you here now what are you doing (laughs) i couldn't do both of the gigs because i already had like stuff that was pre-booked ditch them it's monaco (laughs) (laughs) also take note do not hire me as your agent (laughs) i'll be like so you're ditching everybody we're going to monaco (laughs) Monaco. i'm coming first class tickets let's go you're gonna earn a whole lot less but (laughs) and piss off a heap of people that is not my problem that is their problem (laughs) 
All right. So next question, do you feel confident making decisions around money? Yes and no. And this goes back to what we were talking about before in regards to having someone to bounce off, which was my agent. Um, There are some decisions which I definitely do feel confident about making, but that's definitely come with practice and over time. Um, But shout out to my dad he is actually the biggest legend and he helps me so much financially he's like an accountant by trade but now does kind of other my dad's an accountant too they are good eggs yeah they're so good and he is really my um I suppose word of reason um I recently bought a new car and I was flogging my old car for like almost 10 years and really needed a new one but was putting it off because I am deep down like a bit of a sting. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, You're anyway. like, I have no real need to be a sting, but when a sting, always a sting. Yeah, I know. And it was getting to the point of it being quite ridiculous. The car really needed help and the help was going to be expensive. So I just thought it's time to get something a bit newer and a bit more modern. And I found this secondhand car that I thought, awesome, great, this ticks all the boxes, but I still was nervous to commit. So talked to my dad and he's so good because he just runs kind of through the numbers with me. We like punch them out together and look at, you know, my budget and the timeline and how long it's going to take to pay off X, Y, Z. And it's kind of nice to have someone there who can like just kind of assure me with big purchase items or like big kind of decisions that I'm doing something that isn't totally crazy and unnecessary. So did you buy your car secondhand, not brand new? Yeah. You are a queen. Duh. Uh, Thank as you, you said on your episode, you. never buy a new car. <laughs> exactly. I feel like it's logical. And I think that a lot of people are like, oh, but if I had the money, I'd buy brand new. It's like, no, 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 no. Even people with money should not be buying brand new. It's silly. Can I tell you about my car? Because I want to know. I want to know. About Is this the new car. one or the the one before? The new one. All right. Yeah. Tell me about the new one. So I bought it from Pickles in Brisbane. Is that the auction? Oh my gosh, thing? the auction thing. Yep. So I took a bit of a risk because it's Pickles, um, but I bought a car that was two years old, mm-hmm. had really low mileage, like 8,000 Ks on it. So it had already hit the depreciation. You didn't have to carry yep. that one. Yep, yep, yep. And what I didn't realize, this was like a an unknown win to me at the time. The Brisbane car market is totally different to the Sydney car market. Oh, 100%. Every city is different. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So I shipped the car down for 500 bucks, but I reckon I saved almost 20 grand. What? Whoa. Compared to the car market. Apparently Perth is the cheapest. Oh, and really? I used to live in Perth and... A friend flew over, stayed with me for the weekend, picked up his new car and drove it back to Melbourne. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's going to save me 10 grand. I yeah. was like, okay. Well, the guy at Pickles in Sydney was saying what they would have been able to sell it for was, yeah, 15 grand maybe plus Whoa. what the guys in Brisbane were selling it for. And, you know, I still got like a mechanic to go in and give it like a little once over. Obviously, they can't fully hoist it up at Pickles and do all the in-depth stuff. So you are running a little bit of a risk in that respect. Um, but yeah, I am like a massive Pickles fan through and through to the point where I then sold them my old car because they made it so simple. Wow. Love Pickles. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. (laughs) That's your money win for this week. (laughs) Yeah, that is my money win for sure. (laughs) I love that. But I do want to pivot away from cars for a second and ask you, when you first started being a DJ, what were you charging? How did that work? Nothing. Nothing. You just did it for free. Free drink cards, baby. 
That'd be the same as most money creative endeavors. Yeah, I think so. Right? Too. Everyone I feel like free, everybody yeah. starts for free. But it's interesting to know that story, right? Because obviously you're now at a point where you are in demand and you are actually a professional at this and so you're being paid for it. But I think it's interesting to understand the journey of like how did you go from being free drink cards, which I mean at the time when you were probably starting, you're like, this is so epic. I get free drinks. <laughs> To wanting True. to charge for events like how did you make that leap because I know in our community there are a lot of creatives and musicians and people that probably are doing free work at the moment how do you know when is the time but also how do you have that conversation because you don't have an agent then no absolutely <laughs> not I didn't have an agent I think for the first four years I was doing everything myself from my bookings to my invoicing to my tax to my like performance stuff, everything, which is kind of overwhelming to think about that now. So it's a really good question and there's no right answer and it's kind of tricky to know. I think I was probably playing for free or for very low amounts, like $25 an hour. But when you think about like that sounds like standard, but from a performance perspective, it's kind of different because if you've got a one hour set once a week, you're making $25. Yeah. That and you've week. thought about the music earlier in the day and you've got to travel. Hours of and, preparation, yeah. travel, all that stuff. Yeah. So I think, you know, that stayed like that for a couple of months. And I just took a, a bit of a leap in the deep end. And I remember like upping my invoice rate to like $85 an hour and thinking, oh wow. God, what's going to happen yeah. here? I've ended my own career. I've overcharged. Yeah. <laughs> but people were actually totally fine with it. I remember having lots of different conversations with other DJs in the industry at the time being like, what should I be charging? How much do you guys charge? So I think like asking people if you're in a creative industry that are, are around you and maybe at a similar-ish level, that's also really helpful to get kind of some idea of what venues are willing to pay at the moment in regards to the COVID stuff it's like totally different to normal um, even for me now being like a professional I suppose everyone has different amounts of money to spend so I think that's something really important to keep in mind if you are a creative at the moment you know trying to speak to whether it's clubs or galleries or whatever about how much you're going to charge um, but yeah I would say I spoke a lot to people around me and then, yeah, did definitely take some random leaps and hope that they worked. And look, no one ever said no in those early days, but um, I wasn't asking for really stupid amounts. Yeah. Is the DJ world like collaborative in that people are like, oh, these guys are looking for people? Like are you all helping each other out or is it a bit competitive or a bit mm. of both? Depends on the person. What's the sort of? Bit of both. Definitely yeah. depends on the person. Um, and I would suggest if people are being dickheads and like, you know, really competitive, steer away from them because there are yeah. really nice people out there who will help. And um, I often get sent loads of random gigs on like Instagram or emails and I pass them on to my agent and say, oh, this this chick would be great for it or this guy would be great for it because I know it's not going to be suitable suitable Can for I me. Can I say, as the lowest earning person of my management talent agency, the leftovers I get from the bigger people is just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, like, they, thank you for They that. definitely won't be doing that. But Ryan's probably free like on <laughs> that day, so he's free. ready to go. So um, <laughs> oh get involved. But um, it's interesting though because with when you are you know a, a freelancer and it's yeah. a competitive marketplace, some people are... Uh, really helpful and and like you said, I don't. The word leftover sounds really bad, but um. But that's what it is. Yeah, but, you got someone's crumbs. Yeah, but <laughs> I actually saw this post the other day. I think someone shared it in the She's in the Money group, but it was like, um, surround yourself with women who would bring your name up when an opportunity arises. Mm, I like that. I yeah. That. So is that the kind of people that if someone says, "Hey Ryan, do you 
can you d- detail this thing? Like, no, I can't. But, you know, I know someone who can. Yeah. Versus someone goes, no, nah, and it doesn't help me. So then I'm not interested anymore. Oh, I really don't like that mentality. Though. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I just feel like you are lifted by lifting other people. And you say this all the time, Ryan. I'll like, go and say my saying. Yeah, what's your saying? There you go. No, no, no. I want to hear it from the master. A rising tide lifts all boats. It does. I love that so much. Does that and make it sense? Warms my heart. Yeah, it, it does. does. Absolutely. But like, you know, you don't actually dull your own light by shedding it on other people and other people's light. It's just so much more powerful together. And you know, we get this a lot in finance when people are like, "Oh, why did you let another financial advisor on your podcast or this?" And I'm like, it just makes the world a better place. Like, I'm not here to talk about you know just me like it's better when it's together yeah and if you want to email us at dj tiger lily's leftovers at she's on the money.com.au <laughs> we can hook you up to start your career i'm not a dj no. but you know what i can do get one of your sets on youtube and play it for them <laughs> hells yeah you can be a DJ, i can then. do that i could hey 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 victoria divine in the hills will be on buy some drinks accounts are part of it right come on it's <laughs> off the airwaves ryan Johnson. what would your dj name be DJ Vicky D. <gasps> Love it, girlfriend. It'd be disgusting, but it works. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Australia is such a tall poppy um, syndrome community, I think, especially it totally when it comes is. to like niche uh, markets. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. And I do remember like so many, you know, funny stories where DJs are like elbowing each other out of the way to oh, get gross. to get gigs pretty much. And I think it definitely pays off just being super friendly and honest and, you know, a genuine nice person. And you, you like you miss out on gigs. Like to this day, I still miss out on gigs because like we're not pushy enough or we're not charging low enough rates. But I think there is also um, merit in uh, keeping your ground as a creative with how much you're willing to charge and how much value you think that you bring to the table. So to all my creatives out there, value yourselves. You guys are important. So we talk a lot about this and especially with She's on the Money as a business and and other things that Victoria and I do. A lot of creatives now, it's not necessarily I have this one thing that I do that I make money. It's like having these multiple little trickles and stuff. So don't go into detail, but with doing Instagram stuff you mentioned before, you do sort of influencer work and DJs. Like how many different ways are there that you make money? Yes, lots, which is great. And this is something that I really wanted to talk about because it's something I'm super passionate about (laughs) is diversifying your income streams for maximum safety. And like this last 12 months has been so, it's like it has just shown me that through and through because I literally would make, I reckon, 70% of my income from like music and performing and stuff. And it literally went down to zero and I had to think, okay, what else, like, what am I going to do to kind of compensate this and keep my staff employed and keep my business alive? And so social media really did take a massive kind of step up in that respect. Um, And yeah, it's definitely plays quite a major part even at the moment um, in regards to making money for me. I have different types of relationships on social media, so ongoing sponsorships as well as more short-term like you know one to two to three month relationships with brands which is really awesome and then also have um like a share portfolio but it's a very long-term perspective share portfolio so i'm not after my own heart yeah not intending on touching it anytime soon so i wouldn't say oh yeah i'm making money from that but but you are making money from that and that income is i'm assuming being reinvested for your future yes absolutely so yeah long-term Future Dara will hopefully be very thankful. So would you put yourself in a similar category to an athlete in that I'm guessing the lifestyle of 
being up at 3 a.m., playing music, traveling, DJing is maybe a young person's game. And when you're 50 or 60, you don't want to do it anymore. Like, are you sort of thinking, oh, i got to earn the money now while I can kind of vibe? Yeah. My partner says I will be DJing when I'm 60 with a blue wig on stage. I hope you are. <laughs> but I really hope for my sake and our child- future children's sake that I'm not. Um, but, but is that like very I'm present? I'm sorry. You- I want you to be doing that. <laughs> if that wouldn't be so cool. Is that something you're aware of? Like, oh, like I can't just assume that what I earned and how I earned it this year is how I'll earn it in 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like very, very very, very aware of that, which is why I have tried to be relatively smart with my money and not buy, you know, really ridiculously expensive, you know, why don't buy designer anything, like don't buy, you know, stupid, crazy sports cars that I know a lot of like athletes or say musicians do. Um, I've tried in the last five years to work really well with my financial advisors um, and set up long-term, hopefully safe investments for the future because I am really aware that, you know, I'm 29 now. Um, Let's say I have kids in four years. I don't know how that's going to go, being pregnant and having babies and being up at 3 a.m. DJing. Like I don't necessarily see the two lifestyles as very conducive Um, and I really want to create and set up an environment where I feel like I can take time off to have kids and can then, you know, after I've done that, be like, okay, what's the situation? What do I feel like doing? So, yeah, I'm very aware that I'm entering my 30s and, you know, want to have kids soon and also don't know how much longer I will be DJing for. It's kind of a scary thought, but then there's also so much opportunity, like social media, for example, is just absolutely brilliant with what it allows you to do. There's so much on there and the scope is so huge. So I'm not worried. I'm excited, but it's definitely something I'm aware of. All right. So you mentioned your share portfolio before. And my next question is probably already answered, but that is, do you currently invest? If so, how? And I'd like to know a little bit more about one, how you made the decision to invest because we already know you do, but two, like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, cool. Love this. Um, So I suppose I invest in two different types of ways in that super being that like you know investment that we all kind of should be doing Um, and then I do have a share portfolio that I have created with my financial advisors. Um, Initially when they made it for me five years ago um, I didn't know anything about anything and I just thought it was you know going and popping into the market and having a bit of fun and that was it and I only realized last year crazy that there were things that my money was being invested in that I didn't approve of being like mining and coal and live animal exports, tobacco, gambling, all this kind of stuff. So uh, 12 months ago-ish, I worked with my financial advisors on changing that to a total green portfolio, which was epic. It wasn't the smartest financial decision because I suppose the green market is kind of newer. So there's less, I suppose, reliability. It's not like those blue chip stock that just like a super reliable yeah but they could be the big juicy long-term wins though you say it's not as valuable mate like who's to say yeah (laughs) it it may be yeah yeah Yeah. and and i find that really interesting because i have that conversation with clients all the time because Mm. i'm an ethical only investor so a lot of people are always saying like okay well the market performs at this and i go well okay but in my business, we don't actually compare to that benchmark because that benchmark is an indicative of the stocks that we're looking at here. So I even find it quite interesting when you do compare it because they're completely different asset classes. They're completely different investments in Mm. my eyes. Mm. So if you compare it to the average, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm obviously taking a little bit of a hit, but 
personally, I don't genuinely believe that in 50 years when I will still actually be alive, given modern science, um, the stocks that other people are investing in today will be as profitable because I feel like there's a lot of scarcity involved in those as well. Absolutely. And yeah. we're getting smarter and we have bigger voices. And like if we talk about live animal exports, I hate live animal mm, export. And I'm really, crawl. yeah, it makes me sick. I cannot even watch those videos. People send them to me and they're like, hey, watch this. Why do people send it to you? Because they know, that, they know that I'm some kind of vegan hippie and they actually are like, <laughs> oh, you'll love this. I'm like, no, no, no. That's why I'm not eating animals. I'm actively friends. avoiding this. I actively avoid this um i I can't see that being the future and so for my business it's investing in the future and it just makes sense so you're right you're probably taking a financial hit now it's also a bit more expensive to invest ethically because it involves being more uh involved yes there was more expenses in that respect and then also expenses in changing the portfolio over but absolutely no regrets for me it was like a non-negotiable when i found out that you know my money was helping or assisting or being invested in things that I wasn't okay with. I Yeah, we changed it over immediately, which was cool. And then the final thing is I've been really, really lucky enough to be able to invest in some property, um, which has been cool. And once again, it's just like slow, long-term burns, not trying to make quick cash grabs or quick wins. The point of them is to have them there and have them tick away and slowly pay themselves off. Have you been, are you in the She's on the Money Facebook group? Yes. There has been some significant landlord v. renter um, oh. passionate discussions. <laughs> They're savage. <laughs> They're savage. Be, I'm a landlord and a renter. I'm literally both sides of the argument, argument and I'm sitting yeah. there being like, oh, my God. <laughs> everyone I feel be, like everyone be by friends. my own group. <laughs> everyone be friends. <laughs> I'm is, like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> it is really difficult, though, because I try and be a really great understanding landlord landlord and then you really hope like the good karma will come back to you and like you know make your landlord be super nice to you we have a great we're renting at the moment and we have a great landlord which is awesome but like you know that could change yeah so you're the same as me you're both sides of the story yeah Yeah. yeah, absolutely i think it's really interesting though because so many people think that landlords must just be these really rich moguls that have millions of houses and like that's how they derive (laughs) their income and it's like no i bought that property with the money that i've worked my ass off to get and now that income is you know my future and my retirement and you are putting me in this box of being some mogul that's trying to that property barely breaks even yeah yeah. like usually a bit of a loss yeah exactly (laughs) i'm not some rich old guy leave me alone (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you're not rich, but uh, ooh. Excuse me. <laughs> the attitude There's of Victoria Devine. Yeah. So moving on. Yes. I feel like you've got a lot of good money habits, but I'd like to ask you, what is your worst money habit, Dara? Mm. Yeah, this is bad. So I never shop, but when I do, I am a really terrible shopper. I go online in a rage thinking, I'm sick of all the clothes I wear. I probably buy like four or $500 worth of things, which is, you know, let's say five outfits. A heap of them like will come, they won't fit properly. And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, I will send them back. I will send them back. And then like I'm pushing it to like that 28-day limit and then often I'll forget. And I literally hate myself for it so much for not doing that. What do you say? 24 hours think about it, yeah. wait. I don't do that. I get on in a rage and I just purchase all this stuff and it's really 
toxic. So that's my money confession. First of all, we, <laughs> I love that. We, we it's now, so relatable. We now have another use for DJ Tiger Lily's leftovers that she's on the money. If you want some clothes. I'll take them. You're really fashionable. Um, do, do you feel um, as a, especially as a female being in the entertainment industry, the pressure to always be wearing something different? Because you're on Instagram all the time and heaven forbid you would wear the same clothes again, right? Yeah, I used to, but I'm like a massive fan of like re-wearing stuff now. Yes. I'm yes. also so, I, you know, about sustainability and, you know, reusing as much stuff as we can. So I've started this actually cool habit, which I really like, is like putting clothes away in a box that you just forget about. Like I get those big plastic Kmart thing, the 60 liter tubs, pop them away in the spare room. And then like two seasons later, you open the box up and it's like having it's Christmas. a new wardrobe, <laughs> new clothes. She's a genius. So, genius. so, so good. So yeah, I definitely do feel the pressure a little bit and I'm a massive fan of hiring. I hire like a lot of my outfits for, you know, events and bits and pieces yep. and love doing loans from companies as well because then you're not actually having to buy stuff and other girls can be learning it. Um, so that's really cool as well. It's a nice advantage of having the ability to do yeah. that. Second last question of the formatted questions. What are you currently saving for? Do you have a big money goal at the moment? Well, Scott and I, my partner, got engaged last week. and last I week? saw that yeah. on in- – oh, I was going to ask about your ring, but I also thought that maybe I'm not going to ask oh like off the bat having just met you. It's crazy. How did that ring fit in the studio? I don't know. And Scott designed it himself. What? what? Is, hold on, hold no. on. So is the diamond band – on with it or is it just yeah, it's like marquee? all attached i love it i know I, I was so pervy and i was like i'm not gonna ask her straight off the bat that's so no, you should have asked me i love when people ask i'm like ah, and was I it a, no 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 i'm was so complete, pervy was it a complete surprise or was, did you know it was coming or oh, tell us everything total surprise absolute total surprise i'm a pain in the ass and so i'm like sending scott rings being like you know be lovely to get married you know it's a really oh, good it idea sounds like someone like- i know <laughs> victoria divine i'll tell you what you have to say my ploy was none of our friends are married yet. So I was like, you know, you want to be the first. So people are like so excited for your wedding. And it's like, get in first, be the biggest, best party. And then all the other rest, all the rest will like, you know, have to like compare to yours, which are was you, the first. Are you going to DJ at your own wedding? No way. No way. No way. No way. You don't go to like work at your people, own wedding. No, but some people like if they're musicians, they'll like sing at their yeah. own wedding or whatever. Maybe like I was a 10-minute set. Maybe a 10-minute set right at the end of like 3 a.m. Yeah, will, that would be so fun. Will you knock out a few tax returns at your wedding? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, well, I give out money advice left, right, and center. I'll be like, guys, this is a money win for you. The tab is on me. <laughs> Here's a question. How much are you planning on spending for a wedding? Because weddings can be anywhere from zero to literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, the average wedding in Australia is apparently $52,000 as of yeah. a 2019 study that I was reading literally the other day. Far out. Yeah. Mm, so, that's a lot of dollars. Yeah. We don't know. So obviously we're still in like, I'm still shocked. Like I look at it and I'm surprised. I'll be around there in on a my hot finger. minute anyway. yeah, yeah. I'm just <laughs> behind the mic and I'm trying to work. But in regards to, I, I don't know, I said to Scott, we should start a like a wedding saving account and just like directly deposit X amount each week for both of us. Um, so we can save up like hopefully pretty quickly for the next 12 months and make that a priority. I don't know how much, like we don't have a budget yet because we haven't spoken about any of it. We had some really good friends just get married a couple of weeks ago and I think their wedding came in around, oh, I don't know, it was probably a bit over the average and it's a lot of money to be thinking about. 
We do have. Is that scary or it's exciting or when you think of the money side of it? Like, um, it's one of these things where like it's terrifying because you're like, oh, that's like a pretty good deposit on a house. Like, yeah. wow, it's yeah. crazy, right? What a waste. But it is also exciting in that Scott and I both do have good jobs and we are both conscious of the fact that, you know, let's spend good money on the stuff that we really care about and cheap out or skip the stuff that we, you know, don't want. Like yeah. we're not going to have an engagement party. I think we'll have some friends over and have a barbecue in the backyard. Um, stuff like that. Like we're not going to do the high teas and all that type of st- seller teas or whatever they're called. Don't spend $8 per seat on a ribbon for the chair. Yeah, none of that. <laughs> what and- do you mean? Wait, hold on. Did you not do that at your wedding? <laughs> no, we eloped so. Yeah, geniuses. <laughs> the two chairs. <laughs> oh, my God, so good. But um, we do have an awesome like money win with the wedding in that Scott's parents live on an epic property. Oh, my God. Um, oh, wow. It's going to be so beautiful. So, yeah, we're going to try and do it there and – um. Which, you know, t- venues around Sydney are like 20 grand, kind of yeah. minimum-ish. That is a, and a huge very wait good list, money right? win. Yeah. You can pick any list. date you want. Yes, literally. Unless they're hosting other weddings. <laughs> well, funnily enough, Scott's sister got engaged five days <gasps> after us. The audacity. The, they would have been so pissed to find out that you snuck in by a week. <laughs> <laughs> We've got news, so, so do we, bad luck. <laughs> anyway, so I think they're going to get married um, sooner rather than later. So maybe in like September, October from, the, you know, the one quick conversation we've had with them. Um, so You can let them do that. They can trial the yes, venue. Absolutely. And then you can and then take in their 12 pointers. months' time, we'll take all their tips. And yeah. Genius. Yeah. I have a random question. Yeah. And just let me go on the record as saying myself, and I'm assuming Victoria's all for this, so don't feel like it's awful to say you'd do it. Ethically, morally, whatever, mm. if some brand was like, hey, we'll chip in for the wedding and supply the our brand of sparkling champagne mm-hmm. or something, would you take the cash and the stuff? And like I said, I would 100%. I'm just putting on record that if anybody at some point when I do manage to get engaged and convince Steve <laughs> that it is a good idea... I'll take it. Yeah. So what do you what, want from what, me? What would you? Th- Obviously, it depends on brand. But brand, in saying maybe, that, but in in theory, one thousand percent yes. I've yeah, already awesome. been hit up by three dress companies, and <gasps> I am one hundred percent going to work with one of them because why not? Like, oh my gosh, as if not. Like it's yeah, such a fun I am thing. So keen. And look, at the end of the day, like you look at. I don't know. I've been obsessed with wedding photos the last nine days and like looking through everyone's wedding stuff and everyone's tagged anyway so like you know when it's like you know hair by this person makeup it'll by be this a pretty person, it'll be a pretty subtle person. hashtag spawn won't it yeah but <laughs> and, and it sounds wanky right now i definitely don't have enough followers to justify any of this but i i have a lot of clients that do and you kind of go People are following you because they're genuinely invested in your journey and what you're up to. And it gives that brand, if they're willing to part with that, I don't really love when influencers slide into brands DMs and like, give us free stuff. Mm. But that gives them such great exposure to a community that genuinely want to be more like you or see what you're up to. Like, it's fantastic. As long as like the brands align, which I think for like a wedding generally they like will. They will, yeah. Um, So yeah, but then also we're conscious, like Scott and I spoke about this the other day after we got hit up from the dress companies like not taking people for a ride as well because like that's their bread and butter so like figuring it out but yes if you want to give me a discount for something wedding hit me up totally champagne would be great mole hit us up (laughs) we're friends with jh mum i think there's a yeah we are anyway back to the original question that will be definitely the next 12 months of saving it wasn't um on the plan life plan but that's fine we work we work with it 
I like that. I wasn't going to ask you that question and then I knew you got engaged. So I was like, I'm going to ask her because she'll bring up Thanks. weddings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to talk about weddings all the time. <laughs> so last question before we jump into a break. How would you rate yourself if I forced you to give yourself a financial rating? I feel pretty proud of my development with money and like what I've done. Shout out to my dad and my great accountants. Um, so I feel like I'd give myself an A because I feel like I still have room to move and to probably be a little bit more savvy with general spending. Um, but for the most part, I feel like I'm really proud of the way I've invested my money over the last 10 years. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to ask you so many more questions about that right after this really quick break. All right, let's jump straight back into it, Dara. You said that your financial literacy or just interest in it came from your dad. He was an accountant. Did he literally sit you down and be like, okay, it's homeschooling money time? Or (laughs) how does that come about with him? Mm, I think it's not been an exact sit down or good conversation of let's talk about money. Um, It was more along the lines of a couple of years into the business and things started to go really well. And it was obvious that I needed some help with organizing stuff because stuff just wasn't getting done and there was money coming in and there was money going out. And I always had a bit of an anxiety of not actually knowing how much money I owned. And running your own business, you obviously have to pay your own tax and your own super and, you know, things like insurance and workers' comp and all these really gross bills but they only really ever come up like once a quarter or once every 12 months. And so at the beginning I was really unaware of how much money I actually had and like what I was actually doing. And so dad was really great at coming in and helping me set up processes and using zero and like getting a great, like, you know, finance team on board to like, you know, help me make some smart long-term decisions. Um, So he's been really good in that respect. And I love his outlook on finance and he loves spending but he also loves saving but spending things on the right things like shares or property um him and mum are pretty frugal with their spending um i'm definitely nowhere near as frugal as them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh my mum is horrified of the things i spend my money on like 14 dollars vegan cheese but it's so delicious <laughs> i'm sorry yeah. agreed yeah. bio cheese it's bio cheese isn't it Ooh, you don't no, like bio cheese i like delecto it's. Do you have Harris Farm here? I don't think so. Mm, it's like a big supermarket, a grocer in Sydney. You'll be able to get Delecto online. They do a blue cheese and it literally tastes like blue cheese, but it's really expensive. Google all right. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ask Jess how much I spend on food. It's horrendous. Yeah. Yes. Pretty bad. <laughs> What's your parents' vibe and your vibe on how money works for you? So for me, for example, I actually have no qualms about being rich. For me, it's just about security. You know, Mm. I have this deep fear that one day it'll all be gone and I'll be out on the streets. And I know. So for me, it's about like safety and security. But for other people, it's about flashiness or doing stuff. And there's lots of different versions. So what would your parents be and what would yours be the same? So mum and dad are definitely safety and security. They do have an amazing, beautiful house. It's like right on the ocean in Sydney, but it's like not flashy in that it's, you know, there's not marble bench tops and like chandeliers and all this stuff. It's like a really cozy home um, yeah. in that respect. I love that. And they do definitely have a safety and security mindset when it comes to money. So like considering like their super and like their properties and like their share portfolio and stuff. 
dad definitely likes to go rogue on the shares. <laughs> or gets, a hot, t- gets a hot tip and just has a crack at something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think I'm definitely like that as well, keeping in mind what we were speaking about before, about um, really understanding that my career probably has some sort of time frame on it and how to prepare for the future. Um, so I'm definitely not flashy I'm definitely more about the security kind of things but in saying that like yeah I did just buy a new car although it took me way too long to do and Scott and I do live in a lovely house but we're still renting because we can't afford to buy the house that we actually live in because the Sydney property market is just redonkulous so I think I do spend the money on things that I know are going to make me happy and make me feel good but then also make sure there's enough to be putting into you know my savings and my shares and all that kind of stuff. You mentioned career before and, you know, knowing that there's a limited time frame on your career. But I want to know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you always want to be a DJ? How did that eventuate? So I went to a selective girls high school and you were going to be like in finance, a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, and that was kind of it. Um, so I actually went to uni to study dentistry. <laughs> What? Yeah, it, I know. It explains LOL. why she has teeth. such beautiful teeth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? That's why I wanted to do it because I had the shittiest teeth you've ever seen. And then my orthodontist changed my self-confidence forever. Like I would never open my mouth. I didn't want to smile. I feel so sad thinking about how like. I'm literally the same. If you yeah. go through our photos on Instagram, I used to smile with a closed mouth and since Invisalign I'm always like, yay. And I'm not even done. <laughs> yes, seriously. I remember the day I got my braces off. It was potentially the second happiest day of my life because I was just like everyone look at my face face. (laughs) so yeah I think having that incredible experience was what made me want to give other people that experience but 12 months into doing a science degree at Sydney Uni I was like "Mm, this really really sucks the hours are long and to become an orthodontist it's generally like 10 to 14 years of studying practicing specializing yeah it's full yeah yeah it's a lot and and that just wasn't for me meanwhile i was djing for 25 dollars and a free drink card and absolutely loving the out of it and so then i changed to a media and communications degree um, which i then continued and finished while dj hustling on the side are you the most intelligent dj in australia no I would love to be. (laughs) I don't know if this is a really like inappropriate question. Like probably is coming from you. Let's go. Let's go. Ask it anyway. You're like we've all just met like in person today. You're clearly very smart. I'm loving chatting with you. Yeah, same. It's going much longer, and you are so articulate. Yeah, and I'm (laughs) I'm blushing. I'm not suggesting that I was implying otherwise. I'm honestly not. But do people assume that someone who is really good looking has blonde hair and is a DJ? Do they kind of assume you might be a bit ditzy and a bit you know like is that a thing? Yes, one hundred percent. So how do you? How rude though the. I know like this is even like not just from being intelligent it's actually a thing that goes fully into the DJ industry and the music industry as well like people still think I can't DJ or write music because I'm a hot chick it's rude literally and I'm like come to one of my shows and stand next to me and watch me play because I'm a great DJ like I so love good. that yeah, so that- like it's quite frustrating because it means that like I don't know there's something about society you can't be a good-looking confident woman and like be intelligent or have an opinion or be really 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 good at your craft like it's very frustrating are there some hot girl DJs who can't DJ 
Sorry, I was swearing again. Absolutely, yes. But there are, <laughs> are also they tarnishing some your brand. Really hot. <laughs> hot them in the bin. There are hot guys and really unattractive guys as well that can't DJ too. It's just I don't know. It's something about the dance music industry and like electronic music. They like love to hate on hot chicks. It's it's. A, I don't it's think that's thing. that industry. I feel like. I think that's life. Well, yeah, mm. probably life too. Yeah. All right, it has been incredible having a chat with you and I'm so grateful that you took the time on your 18 hours in Melbourne to spend arguably two of them with us. So thank you for coming down and sharing your money story and having a chat about money with us. Thank you for having me. Honestly, I love the podcast. I love the Facebook group. It's just so epic. So I'm so stoked to be here. I love talking about money and it's amazing what you're doing. Love you guys. As always, that is all we have time for today. But before we go, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respect to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of the lands, the waterways and the skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and for caring on the land which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. Now, the advice shared on Cheese on the Money is general in nature and it does not consider your individual circumstances. Cheese on the Money exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or a financial decision. And we promise I am actually an authorised representative of Australia Pacific Funds Management Proprietary Limited, ABN 34132463257, AFSL 339151. And thank you to the dream team of audio engineers and producers that hang out in the background and put all this together each week for us. If you like listening to Shiz on the Money, feel free to leave us a rating. Is it? Do you call it a rating? I think it's a review. I like a rating. Yeah, or leave a us a review. review. And I only just learnt from our friends at iHeartRadio that they're not just saying subscribe anymore. People like Spotify, you now follow a podcast. You don't subscribe oh. to them, you follow them. Can you guys follow us? I would like to think that all our community follows us and is keeping us afloat. Yep. So whatever your app says to do. You do, do that. that. You do, do that, that, my friend. Do that. Do what the app says. Also, should people go to DJ Tiger Lily's Instagram and go, hey, I heard you on She's on the Money? 100% bombard Bomb her. her. Up. Bomb her Bomb up. Bomb her up and be like, I came here because of She's on the Money because we want to look like she was talking about clicks and stuff before. Yep. She can the track them. Yep. Uh, unbelievable. She was great, wasn't she? Oh my gosh. I am obsessed. I love her so much. What a legend. All right. Chat to you guys later.